and I'm just I'm I'm glad we don't have a video call right now because you would have hated my face. <laughs> I just made the shittiest. Oh face. no, I I had it in my in my brain. I knew what your face was—a shit-eating grin. They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode twenty-seven of Doubly Negative, and more importantly. Welcome to the first ever video edition of Doubly Negative. This is going to look super foolish if uh, something happens with the video and we can't uh, release it. This is going to look super foolish, super foolish, super foolish. But, you know, what are you going to do? As always, I'm Chris here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? Hi, Chris. I'm tired. Yes, yes, you did not sleep well. Has that been a... like a, a trend this week or what? No, not really. I think I just um, I got in the habit of going to bed at like two or three. And then uh, Tika slept over last night and we went to bed early, like 12. Yeah. And uh, whenever I kind of try to go to bed a lot earlier, my body's not really used to it. And I think that's what happened last night. And uh, yeah, it just wasn't easy going to sleep. And then there was some. I don't know if I mentioned the dog here, but I got a dog. You did not mention that you had a dog. No, I don't have a dog, but there's a dog. Oh. Neighbors has a dog or something, and it's so fucking annoying, dude. It just howls at random times, and last night was one of those unlucky times. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just, my, my sleep quality was pretty poor, so I'm a little bit tired. But, but, uh, all in all, hey, whatever. How you doing? Good. Yeah, that sounds obnoxious. Yeah, um, I think I might have saw you post the dog on, instagram or something but i have in the past yeah yeah the reason why i asked if it was a trend because last week when we talked you said you weren't in the best headspace yeah that's true i'm I'm feeling a little bit better now but i was i was sleeping much more than actually okay well we're glad you're feeling better next step is good sleep so before we get started i kind of want to bring up our little challenge that we have so last episode we said we're not going to drink and we decided that we want to turn, well, not turn, but start doing like a challenge every week. So I don't know about you, but I've been thinking up some challenges. Uh, I have not really, but I'm, I'm open to hearing yours. Okay. So before I want to come clean. You drank. I did. I did. You fucking asshole. 11 days I made it. And then, you know, I said, fuck it. 11 days? Yeah. It hasn't been that long. Well, I started before I actually brought you in on it. Like four days before or? Yeah, it was the, not this last Monday, but the Monday before that. So no way, is it 10 days then? You drank last night or what? Yeah, had a few beers, rough day at work or annoying day rather. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. Getting some beer. You son of a bitch. I felt guilty about it. And you know what else I learned? Was not worth it because the whole time I was like, eh, I should have just kept the streak going. This wasn't worth breaking a good streak. So you back on the wagon then? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to go back to where I was. I might have a drink for the fantasy draft because it's with a bunch of guys. But yeah, you're disappointed, aren't you? All right. Well, hey, you you do what you got to do, but I'm going to keep going. Well, you're a stronger man than I am. Well, of course. I wanted to put a little spin zone in here. Um, You know, don't do things you don't want to do. Follow my lead. If one of those things is not drinking, you don't want to not drink, have a drink. Oh, sure. Yeah. But uh, no, it's working for me right now. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've definitely felt a lot better. And I uh, already started dropping weight from it just from the lack of beer calories. Mm. So, that's been nice. And that's made me want to keep like going on the similar path that I'm on. So, So what else do you got for the other challenges you were mentioning? So, I think one of the earlier challenges we do should definitely be a meditation challenge since we've talked so much about it. And I know you mentioned you were slacking a bit. I've been slacking a bit. Um, So I think we should do like a week long thing or like from today to the next time we record, we get in 15 minutes a day. Okay. Uh, How's the accountability on that? Do we have to, is there a punishment if we miss one or you know what? How do we, yeah. I didn't think of that, but there should absolutely be a punishment if, one of us breaks. That is a fantastic yeah. idea. Yeah. So, oh, we got to start thinking of punishments. We're not prepared right now, but keep that going in the back of your head. Try to think of a punishment. Nothing too cruel. 
Um, but well, you mentioned um, you mentioned push-ups before as part of a challenge, but I like it as part of a punishment and also some sort of a humiliation factor. Like you got to post a video of you doing push-ups or something like that. Oh like, God, yeah, because I would never want to post a video of me doing push-ups. No, I don't want to do and, that either. And the good but. thing about the um, the push-ups is, although it is a punishment because it's extra work you have to do, it's putting us on the right path. It's a rewarding punishment. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So how about that? How about if you fail? So we got to do we got to do 15 minutes a day until the next podcast. Yep. And if one of us fails or both of us fail, then who, whoever fails has to post a video of us doing. 50 push-ups. If you got to break it up into two sets, then you're a bitch, but you still do that. And uh, we put it on Instagram or, yeah, Instagram, right? Yeah, because that's way more embarrassing than if we did it on like exactly. Patreon or something. Yeah. Yes. So, this is fun. So, we can either do meditation or another one I was thinking. This mm-hmm. one wouldn't be a week long, but what if we did like a 48-hour fast? Oh, I don't like that right now because I'm doing Candido. Yeah, no, no, no. After We won't do that this week, but... Okay. After Candido. I'm almost finished with Candido though. So, yeah, I, w- I would like that afterwards actually. Yeah, I think that would be a cool one just to like push our limits a bit. So, nothing but like water, black coffee, 48 hours. I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Okay, awesome. So, yeah, we'll we'll save that one for the future. But the challenge from this recording to the next recording is meditate 15 minutes a day. The punishment is you say 50 push-ups? Yeah, in as many sets as you have to do it if you're... You know, if you're a weak little girl or something. Yep, yep. Um, sexist. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so a little bit. It's a little bit of an incel comment, but uh, you know, it just. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. So 50 push-ups, and you have to film it and post it on Instagram. Yes, and I'm still doing no no alcohol because uh, that's what we said. But you know, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. Oh, don't don't do that because I feel guilty enough. Like, oh, I was so nervous, but at least I came clean. I didn't lie. That's true. I do appreciate that. Yeah. No, that that there's no space for that. No, I, in my I, opinion, I, especially yeah. yeah. I could have easily just said, you know what? I'm just gonna tell him I'm not drinking. Whatever I had it one night, I could put it by him. He's halfway no, across the world. No, no, no. But that's no, that's not the no. kind of guy I am. All right. No, and this this is a podcast all about honesty, Chris. So we we can't. Yes. So you can't be messing around with the lying. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I had a, oh oh. So oh, had a therapy appointment today, mm-hmm. and I know we have spoken about how in order for our insurance to cover it, you have to have a diagnosis. So I brought that up today. Ah, uh, right. It came up in conversation, so I was like, oh, I mean, yeah. I asked her what my diagnosis was, and she was just like, yeah, you have anxiety, dude. So that's what I expected oh, honestly. So she so she wrote that on the form and that's that's what you're dealing with right now. Yeah, that's she truly believes that I have anxiety. Well, huh. so it's not just like she's writing down the diagnosis so it's covered. She believes I have anxiety. Okay. Which I can see. It's definitely not terrible anxiety, but there are certain things that are pretty bad for me, but it's not uh it doesn't <sighs> doesn't hold me back at all it's interesting because i've never actually researched anxiety like what that really means i've always been a depression kind of guy i don't think i'm an anxiety kind of guy so i'm gonna i'm gonna quickly look up because i i know panic attacks that's yeah that's what's that's like what's pretty severe but like what is anxiety really uh so i'm looking up the yes dsm so yeah you look it up give that or actually you know what i'll do i'll give my definition of it and then afterwards yeah. you can – so not so much a, de- a definition but explanation. So almost irrational worrying about things – irrationally worrying about things, um, I guess. So for – in my case, I've told her a lot about my family history, how I was as a kid, um, how my mom was, very anxiety-ridden and um, just telling her my irrational fears about you know stuff with my dog, which we've covered multiple times. But – um yeah, she put together that I have anxiety. So, not really a definition, but more of a how I see it. So, do you have that up? I do. I think this is what they use. So, this is like the same thing we read in the first episode about depression. Um, 
So when assessing for generalized anxiety disorder, also known as GAD, uh, clinical professionals are looking for the following. The presence, uh, so the first one is the presence of excessive anxiety and worry about a variety of topics, events, or activities. Worry occur occurs more often than not for at least six months and, and is clearly excessive. So, so more often than not, you're worrying. Um, number two, the worry is experienced as very challenging to control. Uh, and it may shift easily from one topic to another. So you could be thinking about your dog and then you could be thinking about something else. Yeah. Um, and three, the anxiety and worry are accompanied by at least three of the following physical or cognitive symptoms. Uh, and the, you have to experience at least three of these. Edginess or restlessness, uh, tiring easily, more fatigued than usual, uh, impaired concentration, uh, irritability, increased muscle aches or soreness, and difficulty sleeping. I would say I have all five of those. It's interesting because it, it a lot of it almost sounds like depression. Yeah, I'm sure they can go hand in hand. Nick was talking about that when we had him on. Yeah. So was my client, actually. I was uh, I, I write for that. Um, basically, it's a mental health website. And she said that everybody that has depression has anxiety. And I didn't say anything back to her because she's a doctor and I'm not. But I... My first thought was like, really? I didn't, that doesn't sound right, but uh, maybe, it, maybe it is true. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I found that interesting. So I'm glad I finally uh, asked her because it was one of those things I didn't know if I wanted to ask. Not because, right. not because I was worried about, oh, what is it, Doc? Like, well, shoot me straight. What do I got? No, it was more like, uh, yeah. like is that a thing you should ask your therapist? Like, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess, but maybe without um, mentioning the um, – that you have to diagnose me with something. My client says it's your right. Uh, she's she does own a therapy website, and, and she says it's your right, and that you should ask. Okay. So, uh, in her professional opinion, yeah. Okay. Cool. Because um, yeah, I wanted to know, and I'm glad I know. But you know what? Honestly, without even really before she even told me this diagnosis, I've noticed some things that I worry about improving. Actually, so one thing that would give me pretty bad anxiety um, is when my roommate would walk my dog. Not that I don't trust mm. him, but you know, going for a walk, it's not me that has my dog. He's outside of the confines of this house. What if? Well, I'm he might try to sell your dog, dude. He's a hell of an entrepreneur. He's a salesman. He's a salesman. <laughs> um, but yeah, me worrying about Ollie getting off the leash, uh, Kevin dropping him, or something like who? I like I would have irrational worrying about that. And honestly, um, when you're reading the symptoms of anxiety, um, I would get all of those while he was just walking my dog. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Like, Has that always happened with any pet you've had? Um, yeah, I'm always worried about the well-being of my pets. Um, I don't remember it so much when I was younger with like family pets, but now that you know I have my own dog and it feels like my dog, my family pets they never really felt fully like my dog. It was a family dog, but like always hanging out with my mom, all my family dogs. Now I have one that sleeps with me, thinks I'm the coolest shit in the world. So uh, maybe that's why. But I did experience it with our other dog. So I guess, I don't know, I'm just kind of trying to wrap my mind around this. I guess anxiety is like about things that could happen. Yeah, exactly. So what she's been saying to me is like, yeah, those things could happen, but what's the probability of that actually happening? Right. So right. I need to be, you know, I need to think about it more. What is the probability of something it's, like that happening? It seems like depression, I'm just going back and forth between the two things. It's like, I think depression is more about just an overall shitty feeling about yourself and your life, but you can't really, you're not worried anything's going to happen. You just don't care if anything happens almost because you hate yourself and you hate your life. And then anxiety is more like, like it could get worse if if these things happen, and like you're saying, like like if you're if you're on an airplane and you're worried the whole time that it's going to crash, statistically that's not really a not really a sensible worry. But and I had that honestly when I flew back from Florida. Right, right. So that's that's anxiety to the point where yeah. I almost asked the flight attendant, "Hey, is this normal?" Because the the plane was shaky a bit, so I almost asked the flight attendant, but I didn't. Did you feel comfortable sharing uh, a short list of topics that you? worry about uh, so the main one is with my dog mm. and my wife as well so we were going in because she was getting dental surgery 
um, she had to get something done and I was just nervous for her for no, like I'm not getting the what surgery. I had to get a root canal. Uh, yeah. So I was, um, I was just nervous for her for some reason. Like I, I'm not the one that has to deal with that. I'm just the one that has to, you know, take care of her afterwards if she's in pain, which is no problem. But I had anxiety over it. Well, you're a really empathetic guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, it's um, maybe a blessing and a curse. I'm a caring guy. That sounds a bit like a curse. I mean, that's yeah. that's really nice of you. I can honestly say I don't really, I haven't really experienced that, like worrying about somebody else, especially in situations like that. But it, it makes you sound really nice. Yeah, and that's not me bullshitting just to sound really nice. That's that's a fact. I believe you. Yeah, I believe you. I gotta I gotta cut in here for a second. This the video camera thing is really tripping me out. Having the camera on me is tripping me out. Is it you? Um, I got a little life hack here. I, I wear glasses yeah. in the morning when I don't, when I don't have my contacts in. I took my glasses off and I can't really see myself that well. So see, I took my glasses off and put my contacts in because I knew I was going to be on camera. But what I'm noticing is that I'm not even looking at the camera, really. And I told myself, you got to look at the camera. So I really that that's weird if you look at the camera. I think is it? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm kind of stoned no, right now. You don't want to look at the. Camera. I'm pretty stoned. Yeah. So maybe that's why I'm like, oh god, I'm looking at the camera. So I'm looking above <laughs> at like the audacity track, and looking yeah. over at my other monitor. And the other thing that's weird is I can't see you. We're gonna test that next week, but you know, I'd right. I'd like to see a little bit. You know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can't think of where I heard this or what it was, but um, I just remember like somebody was doing an interview and they're like, why are you looking at the camera? That's weird. Like, you know what? Because uh, if, you, if you think about like watching a YouTube video or someone, if someone stares straight at the camera, there are people that do that. It makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. You know what, too? I've been thinking about it and I've looked at the camera quite a few times and probably for at least five seconds while you were talking. So I'm going to look real creepy for a bit. In a couple of these segments. You're going to be brainwashing the audience. Yeah, exactly. Look into my eyes. Yeah. Okay, so we can now get on the topic of this episode that... Oh, Jake's messaging us. Hi, Jake. To sync audio, I need to do a clap sync. Oh, boy. We didn't do the clap. He needs the clap sync. Jake, I'm so sorry. You're... you're how, how, I don't know how long we're doing this because I have a ghetto set up. I have a couple of um, books stacked and my webcam on it and it's blocking how long we've been going for. So, I have no idea. Well, maybe we just do it now and then he can use that to even go backwards maybe all right three two one i had to put my mic between my knees because i'm holding it and not using the uh the mic stand so back on topic jake feel free to leave all that in that's fine a little behind the scenes okay so i was looking at our itunes page and i figured i would check and see if we got any reviews which we did on August 2nd, sorry we didn't see this sooner. It's a five-star review. Ooh. And from username CheeseIt101. Great podcast. Can we hear more about the ups and downs of your relationships? So raw, I like how you just talk together. Very nice review. That's nice. This is the kind Very of stuff nice. we like. Write reviews because that helps us on iTunes. Yeah, so go on, review, go on iTunes, give us a five-star review and, you know, make us look good. Um, but thank you very much for that review. Um, we are going to talk about it. So, Kyle, do you have any jumping off points? We were uh, kind of spitballing ideas in our chat earlier. Do you have something you want to start on? Well, the first thing I want to say is that uh, this is the type of topic that requires a lot of courage, doesn't it, Chris? Because we started spitballing last night, but we were talking more generally. And now I'm reminded hearing the review that it says, the ups and downs of your relationships. So this is, um, they're asking for current information or semi-current. And that is, uh, I can do it, but uh, uh, it requires bravery, doesn't it? It does. Um, this is going to sound like bullshit, but I currently am on a very extreme up in my relationship right now. Um, the downs. Uh, that does sound like bullshit. No, but it's 100% it's the truth. <laughs> um, ever since we had that big down a few months ago where, you know, we were having trouble. Uh, everything has been fantastic, honestly. Okay. Um, um, maybe the biggest problem. This happened yesterday, so this is very serious. So you're gonna want to you're gonna want to listen close. I'm strapping in. Yep. I was on the couch relaxing, 
she was out with a friend trying on wedding dresses because her friend is getting married. Mm. She's on the way home. She texts me. She's hungry. Uh, so hungry. I say, oh, yeah, cool. Well, uh, yeah, whatever. Food. We'll eat it. She gets home. I didn't start cooking. It was like 7.30. And she just said, you know, I cook for you all the time. Anytime you say you're hungry and you're on your way home, I cook for you. It would have just been nice if you had started dinner. And um, you know what? She was right. And we had a conversation about it. And the little spat ended in under 10 minutes. Ah, that's nothing, man. Exactly. Nothing. One, we had a talk. I said, listen, I'm a guy. I'm stupid. If you want something, just be explicit. Say, do you mind getting dinner started? But on the same hand, you know, I could have just been a nice guy and started it. Clapped our hands. No big deal. And I'm just, I'm, I'm glad we don't have a video call right now because you would have hated my face. Oh, <laughs> I no. I, I had it in my, in my brain. I knew what your face was. A shit-eating grin. Of course you did. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, that picture was painted already. So, I fucking know. Uh, all right. Well, we've been, we've been doing... We've been doing good lately too, and um, we can we can get back to it in the dick check in, but um, that, that's a whole different topic. And anyway, <laughs> um, I think we experienced the the biggest down really, like only a couple days after we decided to be in a relationship. Like when I said, "Do you want to be my girlfriend?" Right? Really? And yeah, I I don't know if I told you about this, but we had like three things in a row. And I'm trying to remember what they were. They were very minor things, just minor things that you end up arguing about. But it turns into um, a big thing at the end of it. A lot of the stuff. Yeah, they did. It'll they be did too, yeah. small little arguments that lead up to one. All right, let's talk about absolutely everything that's bothering each other at this one time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of remembering now. There was one thing she thought I lied about, but I said that it was not a lie. I, I could even mention it early on, but when we were still just like dating, um, we were talking about our exes and all that. And I said, well, yeah, I deleted my um, the pictures I had with my ex off my Instagram. And then later on, I was I was trying to find a picture of my mom to show her in my Instagram. And I checked my archive and she saw pictures of me and my ex. And she goes, you lied. You said you deleted them. They're archives. And I was like, that's the same thing in my mind. I, didn't, I wasn't trying to lie. I just like that that literally meant the same thing in my mind like i understand the difference but anyway you can see where this is going that that caused like a small thing yeah and there was a couple other things like that i actually i'm i can't remember the other things but the point is um just a few days after we decided to be in a relationship we were having these like pretty intense arguments where um we we really weren't seeing eye to eye and we were we were i remember we were outside on her balcony and i was like are you sure you want to do this because this is this seems really hard for just a couple days yeah and we decided we did but i think um we talked about it more and i'm not sure if we said this explicitly or not but it's like we're both kind of we both kind of had bad experiences towards the end of our relationships our, our past relationships and maybe we're both a bit traumatized for lack of a better word and probably trust issues on both of our parts um so that came to a head there and it hasn't really since but i do think that that's something like there's been little things where she said where um, I'm like, do I really trust her about that? And, and she knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any reason not to trust her. I think it's just my past has made me a little bit like that. And uh, I think she's probably the same with me. So, uh, yeah, trust issues. And that's a big thing, too. Given how you've handled dating in the past... Um, mm. just having the open relationships and then moving into something exclusive that that might add a little more even though you've done nothing in your past that you like you you've never cheated right I mean you've been in open relationships so it's not like you know you've ever cheated I have not yeah so it's uh, just a different lifestyle for you so I can see why she would have that anxiety and you know once the wheels start turning especially early in a relationship um, it can lead to, you know, some of those early fights. 
Yeah, do you have any experience with trust issues by any chance? Um, where did we leave off, Kyle? We had to make a quick cut, but we're back. Where did we leave you off, jumped to, You jumped through the escape hatch. <laughs> okay, so obviously, uh, pretty public from the last, um, not the last, but some previous episodes that obviously things haven't always been uh, fantastic. We had our issues. Um, we actually almost uh, got a divorce, but we did not. That's a pretty big down. Most people know this if you've been loyal listeners to the program, but um, for the people that are new, yeah, that um, if you start from the beginning of when me and Kyle started this, uh, you hear a lot about, um, you see a pretty good uh, transformation, really. Um, so It's true, and you guys do, I mean, from, from my perspective, you guys do seem pretty good now, just from what you've told me, and I, I think you're telling the truth. Um, what about like a category of a reason for divorce? Was it just um, you're, you're not a big lack in communication anymore? A big lack in, lack in communication. I think that was the biggest factor. Honestly. Okay. Um, so before we actually decided to, you know, split up for a bit, um, we weren't really communicating, talking, barely even hanging out really. Um, it could have been a combination of getting too comfortable thinking, okay, we're married. We're going to yeah, this is just it now. And, you know, kind of getting complacent and um, just dedicating time to other things and not really focusing on the strength of that relationship. Um, so, that's what led us to where we were. Um, following that, you know, we started this podcast and I learned a lot about myself just speaking to you and speaking open and honest and I learned a lot about myself. Um, I got better at having conversations like the ones you and I have. Um, and I've carried those skills over to communication with my wife. And, um, you know, we're both in therapy separately. And that's done wonders for both of us. Uh, and it, having the open line of communication has made such a massive difference. Like... A world's a difference. It feels like, hmm. trying not to sound too corny here, like we're better versions of what we were before, and we were already pretty good before we got to that, you know, really down point. So that's a pretty big up then. So it's almost like, uh, I don't know, are you glad you went through that? I think it's made us stronger. You know, I wish there was a different kind of. You know, obviously, I didn't want to get to the point where, you know, on the brink of divorce because, I mean, I was in a very bad spot for quite some time when I was going through that. I played off like the facade, like I was fine. Everyone thought I was fine, um, but I really wasn't. And I wouldn't want, I would, I would have wanted something else to push us to get to this point where we are now. But... Is there something else that can do that? I don't know. Well, can I ask something in a general way and you can cut it if you want? Uh, yeah, we'll see. Do you have any lingering doubts or worries about communication? No, I don't have any lingering doubts or worries. Um, and I don't know if that's just the kind of person I am where, you know... The past is the past where we had our issues. You know, um, let's move forward and be better now because nothing is changing the past. I got to say that that's really interesting to me. And I don't, uh, I'm not saying I doubt what you're saying. It's just interesting to me the way the, the human mind works psychologically. Like you have anxiety about certain things, but not about that. Yeah. And if I was in your position, I know I would. I know I would have anxiety about that. So that's just, I don't know, kudos to you because that's, it's great that you don't. Yeah. It's, uh, and I think the, the biggest reason why I don't have anxiety about it is because we are on the same page 100%. That's good. I mean, that's, that's hard to know, isn't it? Like, you can never really know what's inside someone's mind 100%. So, no, you can never really great. know, but it's great um, that you feel that though. You can, yeah, like you said, you can never really know, but you know, in in our instance, you know, you believe that you're on the same page, 
It's not just like yeah. thinking you're on the same page. You believe it and you really feel it. Well, I can um, I can jump off in a completely unrelated, perhaps way, um, but I can share something from a friend's life that does affect. I think everyone's relationships in a way. Yeah. Um, do you not want to mention the friend's name? Well, no. It's in. I'm. I'm not being a douchebag here. It's no, not. No, I you. know. I know. I know. I'm just kidding. I think. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this. I don't know if you do, actually. It's pretty recent. but Oh, never we'll mind, because the thing I was thinking of was from someone that we both know, and it happened super far. No, out. no, no, not, not that one. Okay, you, so you know where I, where I was going. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, yeah, I got a friend, and he's he's been with a girl for over a year now, and he has been very uncompromising in his beliefs about monogamy. And he basically says it's not viable. He knows that he's not going to be satisfied only being with her sexually. So why is he in an exclusive relationship with her? He's not. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that's, that's something that they both agree on. That's the problem. And they have been exclusive at different points because he's dealt with his own back and forth emotions and he's at different times he thought he could only be with her and i think this is something that a lot of people can probably relate to like sometimes you're feeling like oh i only need this one person and then sometimes you feel like oh maybe maybe i would need more yeah and he is very good at communicating perhaps a little bit too brutally honest at times i've seen some of the text messages he sent her and it's like dude you don't have to say that man oh, <laughs> like no. you can keep some things to yourself yeah like pretty brutally honest and that's, um, that's gotta be tough for her for sure oh yes. my god and that's and they've gone through this cycle uh several times now actually where she'll like she appreciates his honesty and she knows he's a great guy and she wants to be with him so she kind of accepts him and then at a certain point she just goes well this is fucked up like you you want other girls when you're with me and see the problem ends up being that i think maybe they're not compatible because I think there probably are a lot of girls that would understand where he's coming from and maybe they would even be the same. Yeah. But I think either she's not the same or she's not in that point in her life right now, but she keeps trying to accept it when emotionally she just can't. And they've basically broken up like three or four times that I can remember. And then Shortly after the breakup, she'll be like, oh, I miss him. I want him back. And then she kind of accepts it again until it fucks with her again. See, that's really sad. So that sounds like she's stuck it is sad. in an abusive relationship. That's exactly what me and him was her were saying. And it's like, that's that's what she says, too. She's like, this is hurting my confidence and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I get where she's coming from, but it's not really fair to him because he's being extremely honest about it. So, like, she, it's, she's she's almost using him to, like, hurt herself. I mean, I'm not I'm not blaming her, but it's like it's just it just seems like it's a problem of compatibility more than anything else. Well, yeah, they both um, they both want two different things. One wants yes. just the other. And unfortunately, the other in this situation wants multiple. Yes. And actually, to be completely uh, honest and um, I hope my girlfriend wouldn't mind me talking about this, but I have a little bit of that worry about our future, too. Really? Yeah, because she has her own. So neither of us are totally monogamous. And we even took a, a, a little quiz on. Um, there's a. <laughs> Is it a Facebook uh, quiz? No. Okay. <laughs> it's it's uh, I think it's like the BDSM test dot org. OK. <laughs> uh, if you're yeah. at work right now and you're listening, type that into your computer and check it out. because It's yeah. just a monogamy quiz. It has nothing to do with anything else. No, it's... Uh, How did you stumble across this, Kyle? It was a mutual friend. Uh, well, not a mutual... It's a, it's a guy I met at the gym, and we were out at dinner with him, and he was talking about his his exploits. Oh, boy. And I, it seems like he's into BDSM, but he, he, he urged everybody to take this quiz, and uh, later that night, we took it. And it is heavily geared towards BDSM. It's like, are you dominant? Are you submissive? Blah, blah, blah. But it's got like 100 questions or more. And right? you each and took a 100-question quiz? Yes. Okay. And I, and we were not looking over each other's shoulders, too. I think that's important. You don't want to be influenced by, like, what I should say, right? Yeah, only an incel um, would do that. 
<laughs> it's got like okay, so it's like um, it, it, it's those questions where, um, for example, um, the statement is something you would say, and it says like, "I like to receive pain during sex," and then it's it's like disagree, um, it's like strongly disagree, uh, disagree, neutral, y- one of those, right? Yeah. And then at the end, it spits out all these uh, traits, and it says uh, you are. 90% dominant, uh, 80% non-monogamous, 70% blah, blah, blah. And it's all these kinks and stuff. And anyway, we both got like 70% non-monogamous. And uh, we've talked about it in the past. And she, she's, she's open to doing like threesomes and like couple swap and stuff like that. Um, and that's cool. I'm glad she's on the same page. But our exact definitions of how that should work do not line up perfectly. And I think there's enough room that um, that maybe we can get on the same page. And, and we haven't gotten to that point in our relationship anyway. We've only been we've only known each other about three months. Um, but down the line, I'm just uh, I'm a little bit. Uh, what's the word? Hesitant. Hesitant is the word I was thinking of. I don't think it's exactly the right one, but but yeah, I'm 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 a little bit something. I'm a little bit not worried, but maybe maybe even anxious. Maybe even anxious. Like when the time comes, are we going to be able to get on the same page about that stuff? And then I wonder: is it? That's the whole reason I brought up my friend. Is it like? Is it going to be a problem of compatibility? And I'm talking about on like a on like a perfect compatibility sense. Like, are we going to have that? perfect compatibility and does that even exist i don't know and anyway that's just uh that's that's where my mind is sometimes so the beauty of what you just told me is um you know you say when the time comes the the important part is the time doesn't come until both of you want it to come right pun intended so yeah um that's something you can work on together and like you said you are still very new into dating and even really knowing each other. You're going to learn a lot about each other over the course of time you're together, however long that is. Hopefully a long time. Yeah. That's that's my my hope. Well, sure. Yeah, that, that's definitely the hope. Yeah. So, you have a lot of time to learn about each other. That You're not completely on the same page now because, you know, like you said, you're very early on into this thing. You're going to know what – well – Maybe you won't know, but you'll have a better idea of the page she's on later on down the line, and you can decide if you want to, you know, alter those pages together so you can get something kind of close. Well, that's the thing too, and that's like, um, that's why my friend's example has been on my mind recently because I think it's such a great example of relationships and and compromise too, and how much you should compromise if you really love someone. And for example, like my friend's uh, girlfriend, for lack of a better word, it seems like this is too much compromise for her yeah. in, in their situation. I would say it certainly is based off of what I've heard. Yeah. And then I'm wondering like how much should you compromise for a relationship? Like She's compromising a lot and uh, he is not compromising whatsoever. Right. And I don't think that's even necessarily wrong. He's a young guy and, uh, you know, he wants what he wants. And if he compromises, maybe he's going to end up resenting her. And um, so that's the thing. I think he's not willing to compromise. So how much does he really care for her? How bad does he really want to hang on to this woman if he's not willing to compromise whatsoever? Either he's extremely selfish or, you know, He's just well, it's along. very clear. It's very clear what perspective you're coming from. Yeah. What? But don't doesn't part of you see the long term problem of that type of compromise? Like I see what you're saying. It's a very noble thing to do, and it's for the best. It's the sake of the, the relationship to make that compromise. But let's say he decides, like, oh yeah, I really love her and I want to hang on to her, and he does. But if he compromises on that. That's going to possibly eat away at his own self-esteem and his own sense of freedom. And d- doesn't that cause other problems too? Oh, yeah, 100%, which is why I think that that relationship should not exist. I know they keep getting back together and breaking up, but they need to just not be together because 
that's not something he wants to do. And I'm not saying he has to do it or it's the right thing to do. He's being honest, but you, you just don't be in that relationship anymore because it's not going to work at the end of the day. Just. Yeah. And it, it brings me back to like the, the very incel place I was coming from yeah. in one of our earlier podcasts yep. where I was, I was totally against relationships. Yes, man. Yes. <sighs> I remember this. And I, I think, I think this is where I was coming from because I really hate the idea of having to compromise uh, and not just for myself, but for anyone. I, I hate, I hate relationships because I hate when people lose themselves for the sake of, for the sake of something they feel at, at one time and they hope they're going to feel at all times, but then maybe they end up losing themselves and maybe the relationship isn't even as strong anymore, but they still are compromising themselves. You see what I'm getting at? I'm just very worried about that. And I feel like, I feel like a relationship is only viable if you, if you're really able to keep yourself and, and not compromise. I, I really worry about the degree of compromise required in relationships. And that's one of the biggest reasons I got into my one right now is because we see eye to eye on so many things and we're so close in most of our philosophies that I'm like, okay, we don't have to compromise. Um, but, but even long-term on, on small things, uh, I'm, I'm worried about that. Well, there's no long-term relationship without some sort of compromise. So, like you said, it's how much you're willing to compromise. But that is the yeah. beauty of the thing that we've talked about before, lack of free will, of free will. If you're on the other side of the fence where you do believe in free will, um, you have the choice to not be in a relationship. You have the choice to not compromise. Um, in your instance, I mean, it's new to you, so you're trying it out. So, I think this relationship is really going to test your compl uh, compromise threshold. Well, it's a test either way. It's a test. Um, so, again, we're talking about something kind of hypothetical because I'm not even sure it's going to be a problem or whatever. Yeah. It's just, right? It'll test both of us in our ability to compromise or our ability to communicate or our ability to, to whatever because if something like this does end up being a problem, then you have to, there's a whole set of things that come with it. You have to talk about it and then you have to make decisions around it. And this is why relationships are difficult. If you're just by yourself, this, you don't have to deal with any of this. Yeah. Um, and in my past relationships, like my, my first real serious one, um, we were exclusive for a year before I ended up telling her, like I needed to, I didn't even tell her I wanted to be in an open relationship. I just told her I wanted freedom. And then she was the one that kind of suggested the open relationship. Um, but uh, the reason I bring this up is because that conversation tested the hell out of me because I really hate to hurt anyone's feelings. And to even bring that up, like I want to basically have sex with other girls. Like that is very like, ugh. It, I, I just hate even thinking about bringing that up. Yeah. Especially a year into a relationship, you know, at that point yeah. it's, it's, more serious than just a fling. Um, were you living together? Yeah. No, you weren't living together. No. Yeah. No. So, um, yeah, that's a tough conversation to have a year into a relationship. But I think for you, that was you figuring it out, right? You didn't know you were going to be at that place in a year where you wanted to have that no. open relationship. In the moment, up until the point you started having these thoughts, you were fine being in an exclusive relationship. But like we've said before, that's why we hate the question, where do you want to be in five years? So much changes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, one of the reasons I bring this whole thing up is because I think a lot of people in long-term monogamous relationships end up having those thoughts and feelings, but it's too hard to bring up. And maybe that's why cheating happens. Um, and maybe that's why even, the, even people that don't cheat, they just end up becoming really sad and resentful of each other. I don't know. I've, that's always one of the things that makes me like really kind of against long-term relationships because most of them that I see, it's like either, either there's cheating or they just don't seem to have any passion anymore. And, um, I don't know if that's your experience too, but uh, but the communication required 
to talk about those things, I think is absent a, a large percentage of the time. And it, it takes a lot of courage. Yeah. The, um, see, I'm, I have a thought, but I think it's going to come across as like really corny. Yeah. Right. So if you think, well, scientifically, monogamy isn't, you know, natural. If I'm speaking correctly. Um, I'm not sure if that's exactly accepted, but I think um, a lot there's a lot of data that backs that up. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like humans are purely monogamous, like the way society wants us to believe, the way Disney wants us to believe. It doesn't seem like we're monogamous in that way. Yeah. So I guess by being monogamous, going against our natural feelings and wants is also right. part of that compromise. And this is the part where it gets chizzy, Kyle. You know, if you find someone that you're willing to make that compromise for, I know it seems very rare given the divorce rate and how often cheating happens, but if you find someone you're willing to make those compromises for, um, then that's a beautiful thing. And I don't know how common that is. Um, but it seems like there are cases where that is real. All right. For the sake of argument here. Yep. And I don't want you to be a yes, man. No, 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 no. That's not me. For the sake of argument, I'm going to take the opposite stance. And so sexual satisfaction is not like hunger or or thirst or anything it's you're not going to die but it is one of the basic needs i think many people would agree yes and i think there's the danger that denying yourself that can change you as a person so i do think i think you can deny that part of yourself if you want to for the sake of someone and i do think that's a that's a very noble thing um but i'm just worried that it comes at the expense of yourself and then if you end up denying yourself you're also not being fully honest and then the quality of the relationship hurts too that's that's kind of the counterpoint where i'm coming from yeah but to add to that that's why everyone says um a healthy sex life is very uh, important for a successful marriage, right? So those urges you're talking about, those sexual urges, yeah, you may want to go elsewhere for them, but you can still satisfy them with, you know, who you're with. Fully? I'm not sure that's true. Maybe not fully. It depends who you ask. You know, everyone has their wants and needs. That's why... Pornhub has a million views on every video. Everyone has these things that they want. Can they, you know, get them with... I, I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And so I've mentioned this book before, but it, it informed a lot of my beliefs about this. It's uh, Sex at Dawn by Christopher Ryan. And he definitely makes the argument that monogamy is not fully natural. And one thing that always stuck out to me was he mentioned a scale where every human lies and it's between monogamous and non-monogamous. And he says, he says for sure some human beings are far more monogamous than others. Some people really probably are happy with one partner and they're fully satisfied, probably. And then there are the people that are completely not. They want variety all the time. And then most of us fall somewhere in between. So I'm just thinking based on what you're saying right now and based on what I'm saying, you are probably more towards the monogamous scale than I am, more towards that side of the scale than I am. I would say I'm, yeah. So, so, so I'm just thinking it's a matter of compatibility and you want to find someone as close as possible to you. And if you're all, if you're all the way on the other side, then you can – totally find someone all the way on the other side too and that's what like polyamorous relationships are like people that are on the same page about that 
Um, and I guess that's what my friend is experiencing. He's probably more on that side and his, his girlfriend is on the other side. And that's why they're having so much friction. Yeah. And I think that's why she's willing to compromise so much for him because she truly does care for him, which is yes. why she's making these compromises. She wants to bring yes. him to her side. But I guess the point I'm trying to articulate is like, if you are, if you know you're on that other side, the, the dark side, and you're in a monogamous relationship because you thought you could handle it or whatever, but you're trying to deny that part of yourself, I don't think that's going to work out for your happiness. And, and I get the whole like spice up your sex life and keep it interesting and all that. I just don't think it's really realistic. I don't think that's, I don't think it's going to work. I, you know what? For, yeah. I, for the first time, I don't think Kyle, that's realistic for everyone. Not realistic for everyone. Yes. So me and you are on opposite sides of the fence here. Maybe for the first time in doubly negative history. Possibly. Um, I, do, I do kind of agree with you, though, in saying it's like not for everyone. And I feel like it's not for a majority of people. Because it's it's very obvious when you look at statistics that it's not for everybody. I mean, this is why cheating exists. It's like nobody can deny that. Everybody knows somebody who's cheated or been cheated on, and it's awful. But I think this is why it exists. I think it exists because people have these natures, and they're they're either too cowardly or too selfish to express them, and they decide to try to meet those needs. Um, they, they want, they want to have both. They, they still want their relationship. They don't want to ruin it, but they want to go out and meet those needs. And, um, and when you have someone that doesn't, doesn't want to do that, then you have someone like my friend or someone like myself historically, like that's just not an option for me because I know, I know if I were to do that, um, to basically lie, then I wouldn't be happy in the relationship either because then it's not even a real relationship in my opinion, because you've sacrificed all communication and honesty and intimacy. So yeah, no, exactly. that, that's why I don't, that's why I don't cheat personally. I just, I, it's really not an option for me. I think you handle it in an admirable way. Although we disagree on some points here, I think you handle it in the way where you're upfront about it. This is the kind of life I want to live. If you would like to live that with me, that would be fantastic. Right. So I, that's the way you should handle it rather than breaking someone's heart behind their back. Of course. So, yeah. I, so you did the right, you, you're doing the right thing. I mean, I, I question you yeah, a year into a relationship. That's tough on, on your, uh, your partner at the time. I can't imagine that was a happy conversation. Yeah, it, it, it happens. And the other thing I, um, I've talked to my friend about too in, in his relationship and then also the way I see relationships is if you are denying that part of yourself, you might think you're doing it for their benefit, for your partner's benefit. But actually, I think it's a form of lying. And for instance, if you're having those thoughts and those desires, but you're not <clears throat> being honest about those and, and you're Maybe you're a little bit more depressed or something like that and your partner says, well, what's up? And you say, no, I'm fine. You are you're, – you're, you're practicing another form of dishonesty and you're not doing them any favors. And that was the point I got to in, in the relationship I'm talking about, the past one. I kept having this internal dialogue with myself, like this argument. I'm saying, well, I'm, I don't want to hurt her feelings. And then I said, well – Actually, I have to this this has to get said eventually. And the, the longer I go without saying it, the more I'm hurting her the other way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, because when you were talking about cheating previously, the whole lying and it's not really a relationship. So this is lying on a different level, essentially, by not saying anything. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this is just um, something I've gone through previously, and many people go through. It's a, it's a potential big down. Uh, they wanted to know ups and downs of relationships. That is a potential big down. So, lack of compatibility and all that about about the whole monogamy thing. Because I think that's that's something that any couple should discuss. Yeah, for sure. If it's something that you're interested in before you get in a, a serious relationship. Be sure to bring it up in the beginning of the relationship. Don't be selfish and string them along. Just, you know, get it out there. 
that's the way to do it. And this isn't me coming at you for doing this a year into that other relationship because, you know, you didn't do that intentionally. You were learning about yourself and seeing what you could do. You didn't know that you were going to get to that point. So, I don't think that's a bad thing. If you're a repeat offender and you do this to a lot of people where you get into serious relationships, then you open it up in a year or two, then that's a problem. But, I mean, in your instance, at least I think that was the first time you had done that in a serious relationship. Oh, yeah. And And you you haven't done it since. Well, in different forms, but hey. Yeah. So you live and you learn. I think it's also, I'm I'm speaking more generally now, but I think it's a a very natural form of lack of self-awareness that comes because the the beginning of a relationship is always so intense too and all those chemicals that get released like the oxytocin we've talked about this in the past but i think very often even people that are non-monogamous they feel so strongly for each other that they only want each other and in that moment they can't even imagine wanting anyone else so it's kind of yeah. like a a form of amnesia where you kind of forget that part of yourself and you think, no, I only want you. And, and that that's truthful in that moment. Yes. Yeah. I but never thought it about might that not way. be truthful. I don't see. Do you, yeah. Are you really going to say you don't experience this at all? Are you really going to no, say, no, but what I'm don't? saying is I never thought about it in the way, like how I just went on that rant saying, if you're a repeat offender, then, you know, yeah. uh, but when, I think this is you, exactly what happens to, no, to, to many people. Yeah. I, I think this is really what I, the, the honeymoon phase and they say, well, I only want you and they're being, they're being honest. Yeah. And then a few, you know, months or years down the line, then they, they want something else. And it's like, yeah, it was. It wasn't lying in their in the early stages. It was a lack of self awareness yeah. about their long term beliefs and desires. Yeah. So everything I said prior to this was wrong. It's not wrong. You don't have to be a yes man. I'm just saying. <laughs> I was only because when you put it that way, where I say, "Oh, if you're a repeat offender and you keep doing that, then you're kind of a jerk." Oh, uh, I but, get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So, I mean, it's I was wrong and I wasn't wrong because. That, that's where the self-awareness kicks in. Like, this has happened. You're seeing a trend. So, get with the program. So, I, you know what? My, my thought stands. I'm, And it's also a problem with society, too, because society tells us that's what's natural. So, you, you feel like it should be natural. And, you, yeah, you, you want to do it for the good of the other person. And, yeah. And that can't be great on someone's yeah. mental health when you're taking a look at society and seeing what's normal and then having not normal feelings. All right, Chris, come on. Let's let's get real. Have you really never had this type of desire? Like you you're, you're in a relationship for a long time, you never wanted someone else. Honestly, no. I'm not just saying that. I swear to God on my dog's life. You goddamn liar. I'm not lying. What are you a swan? Yeah, I'm I'm a unicorn, bitch. Wow. No, honestly, I feel like Maybe in past relationships, but not my current. So, what about when you're jerking off? Are you jerking off to only thoughts of your loving relationship? or? Yep, with candles lit and baby oil. No. <laughs> Obviously, I watch porn still, Kyle. That doesn't mean... I, what do you, I, where am I going with this? No, I, I don't... I mean, do I want a Bentley? No, that, I mean, what, that, that is a... That, that's something I've always wondered too, and I, I don't even know if um, I've read about this or not. But if you're if you're monogamous with your partner, but you're jerking off and looking at other women or thinking about them, is that non-monogamous? It kind of feels like a form of it. I mean, maybe some people get really upset when their significant other watches porn. Yeah, some people say they can't. Yeah, no, no not in this house. Where uh, no, that's that's ridiculous. That's um, you see, it is ridiculous, but there there seems to be a disconnect there. I mean, I know there's a huge difference between masturbating and thinking about someone else and then actually having sex with someone else. I know that's a huge difference practically, but theoretically, it almost seems like it could be argued that it's the same thing. Because you are looking elsewhere. Exactly. So, Kyle, I mean, we took a look at our demographic on Spotify and 58% of our demographic is female. So you could have just ruined a lot of guys' nights. How's that? 
They're going to listen to this podcast. They're going to walk in and they're going to say, you know what? No more jerking off, bud. Unless it's the pictures of me. And if I see porn on your computer, we're fucking done. It could be. It could be. But I I think women are, I I mean, I can't speak for them, but I think, I think a lot of women are also not satisfied with just one partner. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's not a gender thing. That's just the, that's just the way of the world. Yeah. For the most part. So you don't have any long-term worries about anything like that? No, I really don't. You goddamn coward. No, no, I'm not being, I'm not, I'm being 100% honest. I really am. On both of your sides? I have no worries. Here's my thing. That's all I'm going to get out of you. Then I'll surrender. I have irrational worries about stuff with my dog, but for the most part, I stay pretty calm, cool and collected. I know I've been diagnosed with anxiety, but a lot of things, I maybe I've just developed coping mechanisms to deal with my anxiety where... If it's not here in front of me, I'm not going to worry about it. So when it comes to my family, my dog, the well-being of them is something I can worry about. That makes more sense. But something like the communication issues, I don't th- – I, I, it's not here. It's not happening now. So I'm not going to let that, you know, tamper with my current mindset. I'm not worried about it right now. It could – I mean, well, something could change. It could happen in the future. But right now, I have no – no reservations, no worries. I'm just enjoying it. But a lot of <clears throat> what people worry about is based on past experiences. So a lot of people have the experience of they get into a car crash and then they start worrying about future car crashes. If it happened once, it could happen again. Yeah. You don't have that sort of no, worry? I really don't. I'm being 100% honest with you. And I think it's because we have such an open line of communication now. Isn't it possible for that to erode with time? But th- if it does, it does. And that's that's when I'll start to worry. But right now, it hasn't. So All when, right, you I goddamn need, Prince Charming. I'll need oh, to I see, surrender. I need to see I'm waving the white signs. flag. I'm waving the white flag, Prince Charming. I'm being 100% honest with you, I promise. I, I believe you. I believe you. I just, uh, I can't believe it. If I, if I was in your shoes, I, I would not. I've always been a softie, Kyle. I'm you a, are. I am a softie. You are a softie. You're a you're a real nice cuddly guy. Yeah, I am. So we've been going for an hour and twelve minutes. Jake, you got to cut out a pretty long segment. Um, sorry about the video. I said there'd be video. Guess what? No video. Um, thank you to the iTunes reviewer Cheese It Seven One Zero or Cheese It Something. Really appreciate I love it. By the way, oh, it's who doesn't? Snack. Who doesn't? Um, yep. Do you go just plain Jane Cheez-Its or have you ventured out to some of the other flavors? Uh, I've ventured, sure, uh, but I always prefer the plain Jane. Okay, the originals. Yeah. yeah, and you know yep. what's funny? Uh, I do like the plain Jane. So this happened to me when I was a kid with Doritos. One of the Cool mm. Ranch. Always ate the Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch is way better. And then I remember a few years ago, I took out, I was like, ah, oh, we only have nacho cheese. So I took it out and I and I ate it and I I'm a firm believer in the nacho cheese Doritos now. I'm going to interject for the first time in a long time. The best Dorito flavor is by far sweet and spicy chili. I don't care what anyone says, it's the best. Okay, I never got on the Dorito train. I can't really speak about those, mm. but uh that's that's good that you ventured out and you you found something you like. Yeah, and the nacho cheese is like the original, the OG. So, yep. Um Oh, okay. So I, I branched away from the Ridge, tried out the Cool Ranch, and I fell in love as a kid, but back to the OG. Nacho cheese is the so goat. It sounds like you're not exactly monogamous when it comes to Doritos. No, I will flip-flop with Doritos and condiments. <laughs> I was on a big yum-yum kick, and now it's Cholula, baby. Cholula all day. Cholula. Oh, yeah. A little bit of hot sauce. Um, all right. There you go. Shit. I had something else I wanted to say at the end. Yeah, you started talking about something, and I, then I went off on the cheese. It's sorry about that. No, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, challenge! I wanted to bring it back to the challenge. So the challenge, right, is meditating fifteen minutes a day until the next time we record on our system. I trust you. You trust me. That's right. I'm gonna do mine uh, right after we finish recording for today. 
So it's 11.30 p.m. where I am. Can I start this tomorrow or do you want me to start tonight? Is that fair? Why wouldn't you? Start it tonight. All right. Okay. Fair is fair. Yeah. Um, cool. So I'm going to go do that. And if I don't, you'll see a picture of me doing 50 push-ups. Or a video, rather. Video. Yeah, maybe I'll actually hit fucking record this time. So thank you for <laughs> listening. Uh, Kyle, any closing words? No. Bye. This is life being bound to love.